0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So probably everybody here knows that mindfulness practice is so much about being here now. It's not too complicated. Turns out it's not always so easy, but uh, we have this idea, right, that we have an object, and we can choose different objects. Very often here at IMC, we talk about sensations of breathing. It could be sensations in the body, it can be sounds. Or we have an object, and then it's just natural that our mind drifts away, and then when we notice, we just come back to the object. However, sometimes we get tangled up in something that's not the object. Often it's like some thoughts that we have, that we are get lost in our stories or we're um, somehow getting swept away and just finding it really difficult to even remember that we're supposed to be meditating and that we're to come back to the object. Instead we find ourselves kind of like maybe going through these thoughts through and through, over and over, around and around again. Or maybe we have strong sensations in the body. Maybe just some general restlessness that makes it difficult. I've been talking about some of these in the preceding weeks. And I um, introduced this idea of RAFT, R-A-F-T. And I would like to build on that a little bit today. So one way to work with difficulties is to use something like tool, like RAFT. So R stands for recognize. Just recognize what's happening. Sometimes you just turn towards, oh yeah, okay. I have this pain in my body. I have these thoughts that are just recurring. I have this emotion that's arising. A is for allow. As best we can. Can we allow it to be there? Can we accept that this is the truth of the moment? F is to feel... Often this means to feel into the body. What are the physical sensations that are associated with whatever it is that we're having difficulty with? And T is to tease apart. So there's two ways we can do this. One is to tease apart the physical manifestation and the mental. Like sometimes if we are feeling angry, or I'll use anger. Sometimes our face can feel red and hot and maybe our chest collapses a little bit or maybe it gets puffed up. We have a sense of self-righteousness or something like this. It can be really helpful to just kind of touch base with the feeling in the body because the feeling is here and now. The teaser part can also be what's the actual experience different from our response to that experience? from what we think about that experience. Do we have aversion to aversion? Are we angry that we're angry? Just to kind of like notice and that we can separate these as best we can. So this is kind of like a... uh, It's the typical, maybe I'll say, kind of approach to mindfulness. But sometimes we may find that if we're having some difficulties either a sensation in the body that's really uncomfortable, an emotional state that feels untenable and like we just can't hold it or be with it, or maybe some thoughts that are just going around and around and around and around, and we try trying to be with it, we're trying to feel it in the body, but we find that in some ways we're um, kind of like collapsing into it, in the sense of, rather than like moving in and investigating it becomes this experience becomes so big and primary and our awareness is only just the same size as this experience so all of our experience is this uncomfortable sensation again whether it's a thought sensation in the body or an emotion so we can kind of collapse into it and then there starts to be an identification with it that our all of our experience is this. It's not always the case, but sometimes it is, especially with difficult um difficult sensations so an alternative is maybe if we can start with uh, this gentle investigation, a little bit of a probe with some curiosity, what is this, how does this feel in the body an alternative is to open up really wide, have our awareness be really big, in whatever way this makes sense to you like maybe as big as the room so that then whatever is uncomfortable then becomes something that's arising but it's not our complete experience. Somehow we're aware that uh, there's, or there's pressure against the body with the chair, or the cushion, or that there's sounds happening, or that um, there may be other uh, emotions that we're having. There may be even parts of the body that feel comfortable, that feel fine. So this is an alternative to kind of the investigation in which we kind of look in, And like maybe uh, gently probe we may find that we collapse into that or we get identified and we fall into it so an alternative to do the opposite movement is to just get really big and one way to practice with this kind of movement of getting really big and having awareness be really big is to practice with mindfulness of sounds when we do mindfulness of sounds. there's just the we just allow sounds to arise. We don't chase after them. We don't own them. Sometimes we find ourselves trying to figure out like what is that sound, but sometimes we also we can let them go. We're going to let them arise and pass away. We're going to let them we ex- experience them and let them go. So it's the same movement the same movement that we do for awareness of sounds is we can open up and make more space for whatever uncomfortable experience that we're having. And we can, like, just gently inquire. A, we could just do mindfulness of sounds. That's one. But B, if we want to still investigate or understand or be with this uncomfortable sensation that's, or uncomfortable experience... We could just very gently inquire what else is happening, so that's a way to help us kind of like disconnect getting from lost in this uncomfortable experience. What else is happening? Oh yeah, I'm sitting here, there's pressure against my body. oh, yeah, I feel a little hungry. I should have eaten more earlier, or you know something like this. So if we can imagine that um, kind of R-A-F-T, this recognize, allow, feel, and tease apart, is really a way to say yes to our experience. We're turning towards it, we're allowing, and we're kind of gently probing into it. Opening it up kind of more to awareness, I'm thinking of it kind of like, a instead of a yes, it's kind of like a I'm not sure I'm not sure, what else is here? Like instead of kind of being stuck and committed, like well, what else is happening? So it it's also has this sense of curiosity, sense of gentleness, some investigation, but in a broad, open way. So that's the second thing that we can do, is kind of open up our awareness, and we can practice with kind of going in and opening up. A third way we can work with this is sometimes let's say that we notice that we have some thoughts that are just, we're going round and around and around they have this um, they feel compelling but they're so familiar we've thought these thoughts 10,000 times over and over again we feel like it's not helpful they're that's more feels like more like a habit, than than an oppor- rather than an opportunity to learn something more, or rather than an opportunity to practice uh, with difficulties. Then it may be the case, rather than saying yes, or maybe the case of saying not sure, we can say no, no, and can bring back. To the breath or whatever the anchor might be. But we say no in a way that we would say no to a child who is about to do something that would not be for their welfare and happiness, right? With love, with care. Not no, dang it, go away. You know, not that kind of like pushing, shoving away. It's like no, this is not the right thing to do now no, there's nothing more for me to learn here this is just a habit that I've fallen into no and then you just come back to the object very often it's the sensations of breathing so uh, in the Buddhist teachings they have this uh, it's kind of this metaphor that's called like the sword of wisdom so being able to go and just cut through and say no So if saying no but maybe I should modify this. Maybe it's no thank you. No thank you. No thank you. And we may have to say that many, many, many times, especially if it's a habit, right? Some of we find ourselves into a thought stream that's um, Oh, I knew I shouldn't have done that. I'm no good. Mm, see, this just proves I'm no good Oh, here's, I'm no good I, Why did I do that? I knew I shouldn't have done that I'm no good right? These types of thoughts are not helpful They're not accurate, they're not true but They may be a habit that we fall into If you notice that you've gotten into something like this You could just say, no thank you And come back to the breath Using the sword of wisdom So we can imagine that if uh, saying no is the sword of wisdom, then in kind of a fun way I can think that maybe saying yes and saying not sure in some ways are kind of like shovels. (laughs) And shovels in the sense that it's a little bit of work. I don't want us to think that it's... Maybe shovels is not a good thing to say. Maybe I should think like a little... um, like a garden tool, not not like a huge, you know, archaeological dig that we're gonna do, but more like, oh what's here? It's kind of scraping away, maybe looking at very gently, very softly. But it is a certain type of kind of like leaning forward and looking into like what what's here with investigation. Not sure, is maybe still uh, leaning forward a little bit, not as much. And no is maybe leading a little bit back, or maybe just very, very firmly. No, I'm not going to do this. Different ways we can think about this. So you may wonder, or you may ask, well, how do? You, okay, here's three ways: to investigate, open up, say no. When is it time to do these three? How, how do you know? How, how do you know when to? Should you go back and forth or? So I would say one way to ask specifically like working with thoughts that um, we can ask ourselves some questions again, kind of bring this little gentle investigation and one of these questions is just, is continuing in this way is this helpful? (laughs) Is this skillful? And it may be obvious, we may feel like not helpful because I've been doing this for all this time and I'm uh, not getting anywhere. I'm just keep on having the same experience. Or maybe we can ask some more pointed questions if that's not obvious, whether it's helpful or skillful. Working with thoughts, we can ask um, ourselves are we able to make a soft mental note thinking? If yes, that means we're being mindful and that we know that we're thinking. If we're not able to make a soft mental note of thinking, that means that we're just thinking about thinking and we're lost and we're just not being mindful. So that can be one way to inquire whether this um, saying no or this investigation, maybe a little, bit, maybe even this uh, opening up, are we really being mindful or are we just dwelling in our thoughts and our stories and thinking that we're being mindful so we can just um, ask ourselves can I, can I make a soft mental note thinking and we might find that it's really helpful to start making a soft mental note thinking to help support to uh, know that um, to not get lost in the, in the uh, thinking or the, this, this gentle investigation that we're doing there's another question we can ask about, to, about like the quality of our thoughts or um, any uncomfortable situation. To know whether or not we're engaging with it in a skillful and helpful way. We could ask ourselves, am I able to notice that this experience is fluctuating, is changing, is modulating in some way If not, that means we're relating to a concept, to an idea, and not to an experience. Our experiences are always changing in some way. They are not static. They are not uh, opaque. uh, They may be opaque. They are not uh, these big black boxes that never change. But if we're in touch with our bodies or the kind of what's happening in our minds... They're always changing. There's a real dynamic movement that's happening there. So that's the second question we can notice. Like, am I noticing the change here? Because A, that lets us know that um, we're not being with a concept. But also, there's some real wisdom that can arise when we really start to see, oh yeah, everything is changing. Everything. There are no exceptions. And being with that, uh, that impermanent, uh, changing nature of things, we can find some freedom there. Because that's kind of the truth. That's the reality of what's happening. Notice, I'm not talking about the time frame in which things change. But often, if we settle and we're our body, we can see that. The movements are fluctuating, either in their intensity or their location. And of course our thoughts are really fast. They may be repetitive, but they often can be really fast. A third question we can ask ourselves to see about the approach that we're taking of working with this, whether it's the right approach, whether we should stay with it, switch to something else, or drop it, is just to ask, Am I learning something from this approach that I'm taking? Am I gaining some self-understanding? Am I learning something about my thoughts? Am I learning something about how I react when I have uncomfortable sensations in the body? So these are all ways that we can use to help guide us to know which tools to use when we have some difficulty or uncomfortableness so we can use we can like kind of uh, zoom in, investigate we can zoom out and have awareness, be really large or we can say no and sometimes you may say no and it might feel like that you might notice like oh there was some energy around that there was some uh, some aversion to it so there's some learning that can happen I would say we don't say no that often we tend to in this practice we say yes more often but you might notice that you just have some habits let's just make it use that saying no so I'd like to lead us through um, some guided meditation as a proxy for um, using these tools That is, it'll lead us towards something where we kind of like zoom in and something where we zoom out and then something where we're kind of saying no. Just so you can get this feeling and the malleability, the flexibility that our minds can do this. Our awareness can be in different ways so that we can have some, I guess, familiarity and you can use this as a tool when we're um, having difficulties. Okay. So, with that as an introduction. Let's take an alert upright posture. a posture that has some dignity, some alertness, but not stiff this is this can be its own practice to find the right way especially this time near the end of the day to have enough energy in the body that we don't immediately fall asleep but not so much energy that it's unsustainable let's begin by taking three long slow deep breaths just as a way to connect with the body You might find that with the exhale there's a certain amount of letting go or relaxation, some release of tension. If not, that's okay too. Just allow the breath to return to normal and trusting that the body knows how to breathe. begin by just bringing our awareness to the sensations of breathing in a very gentle, relaxed way. Just notice the movement of the abdomen or the movement of the chest or the feeling of the air coming in and out of the nose. It wouldn't be surprising if you found yourself lost in thought. It doesn't have to be a problem. Just very simply, gently come back to the sensations of breathing. In a relaxed, calm, deliberate way bring your attention to your right hand. I'm assuming that your hand, this is a neutral place. If it's not, you can choose another area of your body that feels neutral. And feel the sensations in your right hand. The back of the hand, the palm, the fingers as you feel your right hand you might feel different sensations tingling pulsing warm cool maybe you feel pressure what your hand is touching. You're not trying to force this. Can you just very gently, just very gently, what what are the sensations in your right hand? Can you notice the fluctuation, the changing? nature of the sensations? You may be discovering that you're aware of many more sensations than you were just a few moments ago before I suggested bringing your attention there. You let the sensations have permission to be there. Now you can bring your awareness to your left hand, in the same way. Maybe it comes alive. A tingling, maybe there's a bit of throbbing. Again, we're just using our awareness as if it were a feather, not a hammer. You might notice if there's any pleasant or unpleasant feeling tone associated with this so now after like zooming in to the sensations in the hand let's zoom out and bring our awareness to sounds sound is always present and it's always changing even when we are here in the meditation hall and there isn't speaking there's still sounds people rustling the traffic outside, the train You might imagine that your ears are like microphones in the sense that they aren't chasing after sounds they're just receptive receiving the sounds Sounds don't have to be distractions. They can be the object of our meditation. find that the mind catches hold of some thoughts or sounds or stories, just come back. Just come back to these receptive ears in a relaxed gentle way the same way that there's this open, receptive feeling of sounds you can gently inquire just very gently about the body as a whole in some way like a global sense in whatever way that makes sense for you to play to be there, to show themselves without choosing any of them This is an example of having more open awareness You might imagine your awareness being the size of this room sensations, experiences, arise and pass away. Now let's place our awareness again on the sensations of breathing with the intention that we will stay stay with the sensations of breathing if we find Our mind, again, lost in thought in a very kind, gentle way we can say no thank you and just come back to the sensations of breathing. Thank you And just turn away From those thoughts And come back To breathing There might have to be a little more a touch more determination or energy in this turning away, saying no thank you. going to be silent, but first I'll say that for the remaining time you can play with us using these different tools. Zooming in, zooming out, or turning away. To help you know which tool, just gently, gently inquire, is this helpful? And if ever it feels like too busy, too complicated, just always just come back to the sensations of breathing. And when you're ready, you can gently open your eyes. You may discover that you had already been using these tools in your meditation. You had already kind of like sometimes would zoom in and sometimes or zoom out. Or sometimes be turning away. But it might be helpful also to kind of just like know like, oh yeah, there's these three different approaches, three different ways. And then if you find yourself uh, working with an approach that is not helpful, that is that you just find yourself stuck and collapsing into and just feeling stuck <laughs> maybe is the best way to put it it can be helpful to be reminded that there's other ways that in which we can work with our awareness kind of like um, maybe right, one is to uh, investigate and to go in but then if we find that we've collapsed into that and we decide to open up. Maybe it's like, uh, I remember Gil Fronstal, the founder of the center, describing this once, and it had such an impression on me. He described, imagine that um, you go into an elevator, right before the door closes, so many people come in, and Maybe they've been backpacking for quite some time, haven't taken a shower in quite a long time, and they're really dirty, and <laughs> maybe they even have spiders crawling on them they don't even know about, or something like this, leaves stuck to their backs, or something like this, I don't know. And You're just feeling cramped, maybe you're a small person, and they're really big with their backpacks on, and you're feeling really stuck, it's just stuck in this elevator. And then you get to a certain floor, the door opens, and you step out and you're in a cathedral, just big, beautiful, spacious. All the people with their, smelly people with their backpacking equipment and leaves stuck to them and the dirt, they're still there too. But now you're all in a cathedral as opposed to in a cramped elevator. So in the same way we can you know, um, have our awareness our attention really big and broad or a little bit more small both are skillful both ways are helpful and some of the skill of meditation is to learn like wh- what's, what's helpful here, what's necessary here and plus all of us may have our own preferences too one way may be easier for us than another perfectly fine perfectly fine And also, we don't often hear kind of Dharma teachers talking about it's okay to say no sometimes. Very much this practice is about saying yes to what's actually happening, but sometimes it's appropriate to say no. We have a little bit of some energy and to um, turn away from what's happening. As, uh, I heard somebody describe this kind of mindfulness or some of our thought patterns in this way, not mindfulness, but thought patterns, is that sometimes uh, without our knowing them, they fall into the habitizer. <laughs> that is, this machinations that somehow just turn things into habits that we just kind of like fall into. And that mindfulness is a way for us to kind of break out of some of these habits that aren't helpful for us and that aren't supportive. <laughs> So if we discover that we've slipped into something like that, that's a good time to say no. And we may say no and realize, oh, actually, that was filled with aversion. Or we may um, investigate something, how it feels in the body, and then find that we just get stuck in there. right? We will. This is how it works, that we will always be finding our way, like, oh, this doesn't work anymore, okay, I'm going to kind of go this way. Maybe I'll go this way now. But maybe the way I'm describing this sounds way too complicated and way too busy. It's maybe something that you're already naturally doing and haven't noticed. And if ever it feels like it's too complicated, you can just come back to the sensations of breathing. Just come back. You can drop all of this trying to figure it out. And then I'll just say some, a reminder of some questions to kind of help guide uh, to know which tools to use. Is, um, are you able, if you're paying attention to thinking, are you able to make a soft mental note of thinking? If so, that means you're being mindful and not just indulging or lost in or dwelling in thinking. Are you able to notice how your experience is fluctuating, changing, and permanent? If so, that could be, it can be skillful to stay there and maybe even to learn that. If not, that means you're, kind of, you're more interacting with a concept and an idea or you're completely lost in thought and aren't available to what's actually happening. And then a third one is just to ask yourself, am I learning something? Am I gaining some self-understanding? Again, meditation is not psychotherapy, but in both, these are different modalities in which we do learn about ourselves we start to learn like, oh yeah, this is a habit of mine to fall into this type of thinking or something like this. So with that, I'll open it up to some questions or comments about um, saying yes, saying not sure, saying no. Or maybe going in, coming out, and turning away. Or let's see if I work, make up something else. That using a trowel, using, I don't know what, the, what tool this would be, dropping the tools, and uh, using the sword of wisdom, something like this. Yes. Can we send a microphone down that direction? If the green
1: light is on. Hello?
0: Okay. That sounds like it's on. Um,
1: I was thinking about your metaphor of the elevator.
0: Yeah.
1: And then the spaciousness, of course, of the cathedral. And, of course, the cathedral, by definition, is a sacred building, correct? And, you know, one can easily imagine short. I think I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that chart, you know, in Paris or something like that. This Gothic cathedral that is flying buttresses and stuff. So the question is in the crowded elevator, is that earth and is the interior of chart or the interior of some gigantic basilica or cathedral, is that heaven? And does that fit within the paradigm of the Buddhist teaching? because I come from a Western background, if you will. So that's my question, is whether the metaphor of the elevator and the cathedral equals the question of standing close to each other on the surface of the earth, (laughs) my new friend here and I, side by side, but then as our bodies end their journey, and we go and we step off the elevator, if you will, the crowded elevator, is that, in fact, an accurate metaphor within the paradigm of the teachings of the Buddha? Thank you.
0: So Yes. So I was using this as a way for us to practice mindfulness. So that is, there's a way for us to be with our experience. And sometimes our experience is feels oppressive. Feel, we're, we're lost in this, for example, like this. I'll, I'll just make this up, a sensation in my knee and I'm just like, oh, this grind of my knee, and it's always going to be like this, and I shouldn't have done that thing that I did before, and I'd hate meditating when is this thing going to end, and you're like, this, just kind of like lost, that's kind of like the sensation of being in the elevator, feeling kind of oppressed. And then this idea of coming into the um, cathedral is to open up our awareness. If you wanted to, a person could open their eyes to, while meditating and, um, To have the sense of this... Have awareness, it's really big. So the knee is still there, but at the same time, aware of sounds, aware of other bodily sensations, aware of other things. So then there doesn't have that oppressive feeling. Which reminds me that I could add that um, one way to do this kind of like, you know, investigation or open up in our daily lives is to you know, investigate. We can just check in with our bodies with uh, whatever our bodily sensations may be. But a way to kind of like support having the openness, which can really support our having um, greater ease and spaciousness, is to intentionally look at the space between things. That often also kind of helps us have a little bit more ease in which we, we can difficulties, the oppressiveness of being in the elevator or something like this. So
1: So I'd like you to continue along those lines because I don't meditate except when I'm here. So I want to know how we can apply these things to daily life,
0: yeah, yeah. So some of the obvious things are like when we're finding difficulties. Often things become more difficult by our relationship to what's actually happening—the uncomfortable sensation, the thoughts that are um, we're getting lost in, or maybe the emotions that are um, uncomfortable. One is to just drop into the sensations of the body. don't have to stop what you're doing but just to feel sometimes the easiest way to do that is to feel your feet on the ground that is two things one it really kind of um, helps you feel grounded you know like here and now which sometimes can like uh, stop the mind from spinning out quite as much and also it's something tangible and accessible and easier usually our feet are always on the ground it's unless we're doing yoga or something like this, but then uh, it's something that's readily available. Another thing is uh, to feel into one's belly or to uh, the heart center here. That isn't always available, but that can help us uh, to recognize, oh yeah, okay, yeah, this is that feeling in my chest that's uh, often associated with sadness or difficulty or something like this. And then as best we can, can we allow it to be there? Can we just say, okay, this is, this is what's happening. And if the answer is no, that it's really difficult, then maybe it's, we can open up our awareness, and that can be, um, as I said, paying attention with our eyes to the space between things. If possible, it's fantastic to like look out a window, if you're inside, to look out a window and just have like literally a bigger view. This can actually really make a difference. For me, if I, sometimes I feel like I'm really stuck. I've done this on some retreat practice where I've been on retreats and I feel like, oh, I'm just stuck. I'm going through the grind. I will go to the place that I know has the biggest view where I can see the furthest and I'll just kind of rest there with my eyes open and just taking in space. And that can be really helpful. So if we're inside a room to look out a window or to look, you know, somewhere to have space, or if that just doesn't make sense or isn't available, to look at in between things or you know, like notice the space around things. So those are two different ways. And then the third one is to say no. I think that uh Yeah, I think we would do that in the same way we would do it in meditation. I admit that I don't, I have less experience with that, with saying no, not to meditate, or maybe I do it all day long and I don't even notice it. <laughs> but to say no with wisdom, like yeah, this isn't helpful. Kind of like I'll say this sometimes. I I know when I'm I'm sitting at my computer and I have some work to do and something to write and I'm feeling stuck. It's the same kind of feeling. I know that I often want to get up and go to the refrigerator. You know, just to amuse myself or something. And so I'm uh, finding myself, no. Like, I don't have to go to the refrigerator. So in the same way, you know, we can do that with some other difficulties. Like, no, nope, this, this is not the time now. It's not repressing them. It's not denying that they're there. But it's saying, maybe it's, maybe instead of no, it's more like later. Now now I'm gonna do this, my task at hand, what needs to be done later, something like that. Is that helpful? You're welcome. I can sit in the morning. Thank you. So what is the goal of, the, of meditation? Is it to achieve a state of mind, a clear mind, and the technique you teach us to how to deal with the um, emotion or your body feeling? and then get over with that and then reach this state of clear mind? Or is the goal is to connect to your thoughts and your feeling? Um, Yeah, yeah. this is a perfectly reasonable question, (laughs) like what are we doing here? (laughs) So I'm talking about mindfulness meditation. So mindfulness meditation has as its uh, intention to be here and to be now with the present moment for a number of reasons. One is we're so often lost in our thoughts that we're not connected to what's actually happening in our lives. And so it's helped us to have some intimacy with our lives and then our lives have this richness and this fullness. It also allows us to respond rather than react if we're with what's actually happening. So there can be a little bit more space instead of falling into our habits of always getting angry when this person does that or tuning out when this other person does this. also, continuous mindfulness also just naturally kind of calms the mind we don't have to make a special effort, just this will happen if we practice mindfulness, there will be some stilling of the mind and with that stilling of the mind there's, things can be seen and understood in a way that they can't be seen and understood with a busy mind some insights about our life some insights about our experiences, and kind of the, the way things are. So mindfulness is about just being with what's actually happening. As we gain momentum with this, if we get more... There are a lot of kind of meditative experiences. It can be really, really pleasant calmness, and some really uh, some radical contentment and happiness. And those can be really nourishing and supporting and can uh, nurture us as well. So we're not practicing mindfulness in order to have some specific uh, state or some specific uh, experience because we can't make those experiences happen. We What we're doing is we're creating the conditions in which those experiences can arise. But mindfulness is really powerful. Whether we have particular pleasant or ex- Hopefully we don't have too many unpleasant ones, but we will have unpleasant experiences. so whether we have particular unpleasant- whether we have particular experiences or not, just this activity of choosing an object and coming back and then coming back and then coming back thousands and thousands of times, the mind just starts to settle down and we start to see and experience things differently and have an intimacy with our lives. That's kind of a long answer, but uh, was that okay yeah. You're welcome. Yes. So, raft. Recognize, aware, feeling, and tease. So, why does um, awareness come before Feeling. Feeling calm before awareness. Oh, sorry. So you said recognize aware. I'm using A to be allow and or accept. Awareness is like the big thing and then kind of maybe can think of it as recognize allow feeling and tease apart just within it. Does that answer your question? So R A F T recognize the A is for allow or accept. So awareness, I'm using awareness to be like the same as mindfulness in this, to just know what's happening. And we... Let's see, does that make sense? And what I was pointing to today is that we can, uh, our awareness is malleable and flexible. We can zoom in, or we can zoom out. And we can use that as a way to support us. <laughs> You're welcome, Kim. okay. Thank you.
1: So, could you speak a little more about uncomfortable or uh, negative or something uh, feelings that come up while meditating or maybe that especially come up because you're meditating and you maybe wouldn't have realized it <coughs> wouldn't have felt that otherwise yeah because it feels like an important thing to balance out the the positive stuff
0: yeah, so when there's emotions often the easiest way or the most effective way to work with it is to check in with the body. Sometimes this, we, uh, so often we live our lives, you know, in our heads and we don't don't know this, but it's true that there may be some sadness, we may come into contact with loneliness, we may come in contact with things that we've spent all day long, all year long, all decade long trying to not... uh, Notice, And then when we finally get quiet, these things may arise. The things about emotions, are, probably you've heard this, right? they turn out not to be as long-lived as we think they are. What happens is they arise, they uncomfortable, sadness. I'll just use this as an, ex- as an example. Sadness arises... Feel this maybe feeling behind our eyes. Maybe the shoulders go down. This the uh, chest collapses. And then there's this, can be this thought: "Oh, I'm so sad. I can't believe that happened." And that and this feeling like I don't want to be sad. And so we're um, somehow getting tangled and identified with it. And as best we can, if we can get out of this story like I'm so sad and I always will be always have been our stories are often a version of that and instead shift to the bodily sensation the dropping of the shoulders the tightness in the chest the feeling behind the eyes I'm just making these up this is how it is for me it's different for everybody and to be with those sensations often that's much easier to be with those sensations and if we can do that then like emotion, right, the emotion will move through it doesn't mean it won't arise again but somehow noticing that they arise, that they um, aren't constant aren't static but instead are um, a dynamic uh, experiences that we all have often can help us be a little bit less identified and a little bit less caught with them. And then we can just be sad. That is, we can ar- the sadness can arise, we can feel it in the body, feel the sadness, be with it as best we can. And maybe it fades away, and then maybe it rises again, and then we're with the feelings again. And maybe it fades away. And that's different with getting completely collapsing into this feeling of sadness. But this is, uh, thank you for pointing this out. Sometimes when we do finally sit down and are quiet, those things that we've been trying to push away and ignore, they show up. But if we try not to get as entangled with them, they naturally, they are impermanent. They're impermanent, they will arise and pass away. Was, Was that helpful? And we can use the body. The body, especially with emotions, the body can really help us because the body is here and now and it's much easier to feel sensations most of the time, all the time, feel sensations in the body than to be with loneliness, sadness, whatever it might be. That may be slippery and we may get lost in um, other things. Like that. I want to piggyback off that question with... Um what happens when, as you're meditating, this happened to me tonight? I realized, wow, I'm tired. And I hadn't really had time to kind of sit down today and realize it. And then it was just so distracting to be like, oh my gosh, like, how am I going to stay awake? And how would you deal with that? One is you could sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Two, is uh, it's not uncommon, right? Of course, we run around, we're all busy, and we find when you sit down, especially close your eyes and somebody's telling you to relax, right? (laughs) It's not uncommon for people to fall asleep. So here's a few things to do. I'm going to mention the body again because the body can help us so much, especially with this drowsiness. If you're sitting in a chair, if if your back allows you to, right? If you have a healthy enough back to get us to come up off the backrest and to use some energy to hold you upright. Sometimes that just little addition of energy can be enough. But maybe sometimes you can open your eyes but keep the gaze still soft and down but with the light coming in makes it less likely you're going to uh, fall asleep. You can... Um, I, I, was t- I talked a little bit about noting practice Uh, I was saying you can note thoughts, but you could note kind of like in a way that's energetic, and it maybe could be uh, different sensations in the body. You could feel the pressure uh, of the chair, maybe against like your feet, and then um, against where the chair, the ground against your feet, where the chair against your body. Feel your hands, and then maybe like around your eyes, and just cycle through with your mind kind of going to, and so it's a give your mind something to do and then that'll kind of like uh, keep it awake. There's probably some other things, but that's what comes to mind right now. Oh, and maybe I'll say one more thing here. It's fascinating to be mindful of being really drowsy. So if you can do this, you won't be able to. Nobody can do this entirely. But just don't watch yourself go, you know, to feel like the body starts to kind of collapse and then there's this hypnagogic that all of a sudden these images get really dreamy. I've done my own share of this, right? And then just notice. And then sometimes there's this little drop, there's this little jerk, like, oh, how does that feel? And oh, I'm awake. And just practice mindfulness of drowsiness and almost falling asleep so we don't have to fight it okay so there's a clipboard at the end of the um, stage here that for um, next week if you'd like to sign up to have a one on one practice discussion with me I'm offering a time at 6.15 and at 6.45 next week you can sign up if you'd like And I'll stay up here afterwards if you'd like to come up now and talk to me. Otherwise, I wish you all a wonderful evening. Thank you.